you, 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 you are about to experience Vegas bad boys of podcasting. Fortunately, you are about to hear lots of opinions, but uh, rarely any facts. Impersonations might occur, but uh, good luck trying to figure them out. This program is not intended for kids or the easily offended. Listener discretion is advised. You have been warned. You press play. It's too late to stop. Get ready to podcast. Hey there, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Vegas Bad Boys of Podcasting. It's I, DJ Impact. And we got here Sin City, Steve, Simon Street, and Matt Michaels. Welcome to Three Count. Got three good topics for you. We want you to join in, okay? Always live on Facebook, Twitch, and YouTube. Just throw your comments in the chat box. And we'll try to get in it as we see it. All right? So with that, let's, uh, let's put this three count going. It's time. Biggest bad boys of podcasting presents... One, two, three. Count talk. Count talk, baby. All right, let's get into ring count one. And this one is titled Keller's Take. So far, so good for Collision. As Tony Khan deliberately attempts to create a different looking style and vibe for the new series. All right, so. This is uh, a little bit on how it uh, it reads. It says that, you know, the ratings for Collision uh, uh, from Saturday, they weren't in yet. AEW was hoping to uh, at least maintain a viewership of the uh, high 500s and ideally get back to the 600s uh, while drawing a, uh, a demo rating of above 0.20. It was 0.21 the last two live shows and down from 0.33 from the premiere. Now, the danger with the new Collision series is that it would seem like too much AEW each week, and there's a risk of burnout from AEW viewers who really like a lot about AEW. But two nights a week might be too much to commit. I mean, not everyone, but for enough people that it affected viewership of Collision and perhaps also a drag on Dynamite. Now, to combat the sense that one show per week is enough and another can be skipped, because as many decided it was the case with AEW Rampage, Tony Khan took a, neg- took a negative and has attempted to turn it to a positive. Now, by having CM Punk and FTR as essentially collision exec- exclusive wrestlers and sprinkling in other wrestlers who are primarily or exclusively appearing collision, like Powerhouse Hobbs and Ricky Starks, Miro, Andrade, and a few uh, so far, gives viewers of Dynamite a reason to tune in the collision, also if they want to see those key names. Now, it's similar to the roster split with WWE when Vince McMahon actually called me before the brand split back in the day and asked what I thought the idea of making Steve Austin exclusive to the Raw and the Rock exclusive to the SmackDown. And if fans who choose one show or the other would end up watching both if they could see both Rock and Austin on just one show. He had the roster depth to pull it off, and I endorsed it as a worthy concept to try. Now, I feel the same way about AEW's softer roster split is going so far. And I know personally I look more forward to collision this way than I would if I had already seen Punk and Hobbs on Dynamite and they were going to appear again three days later on collision. I also forward to Dynamite more because I haven't seen Kenny Omega, 
Jer Chris Jericho, Hangman Page, the Young Bucks, and Black Blackpool Combat Club in a full week. So we knew this approach was a possibility in the lead into Collision's debut, even if it was a, uh, a born out of a desire to avoid backstage conflict by avoiding having Punk and FTR share a locker room space with wrestlers they don't get along with. And in that case, Punk and the Elite got into a backstage fight with, and it gave Collision more of an identity right out of the gate. So what I didn't expect is the pleasant surprise that Collision would almost feel like a show with a different booker than Tony Khan. That's not to judge TK's booking approach as necessarily good or bad, but rather point out that Collision has a different feel. And after asking around, it turns out that TK is booking Collision with as much involvement as Dynamite, and he hasn't stepped aside at all the given to give another vision. Instead, he's just deliberately booking Collision in a different way. What he does have is a different inner circle that he's working with on Saturday. While Dynamite includes QT Marshalls and Sanjay Dutt helping out, TK is leaning on different voices of Collision, including the stars of the series so far, Punk and FTR. So if you watch Saturday's Collision, you saw a classic time, uh, tag team match with FTR and Juice Robinson and Jay White in the main event singles match with CM Punk versus Ricky Stark, both of which could have been dropped into a St. Louis NWA show 40 years ago and fit pretty well. So Saturday night is just an example of what TK Punk and FTR see as their vision for Collision, a more dial, uh, dialed back style wrestling that relies on telling stories in the ring with more traditional wrestling moves and pacing and saving the wild high spots with special strips and brawling of weapons and bleeding for special occasions so they can stand out more. It's worth noting that Battle of the Belts was not meant to follow the perimeters and formally set out internally with collision and contrast was uh, clear between those two approaches back to, uh, back to back on Saturday night. So FTR and Punk in, uh, particularly are showing that they are, are compelling and even spectacular matches without a lot of stuff that proliferates dynamite. There's no, quote, one right style, end quote. But having Collision be based around more traditional and timelessly effective match styles and approaches to interview differentiates from dynamite in a way that gives a different fans different opinions that can help both shows refresher from everyone who watches both. Now, the show opening sound bites with the wrestlers the more laid back announcing the more traditional framing of heels and faces, the greater emphasis on rules in sportsmanship, defining who is admired and who's more likely to root against with a roster that can pull it off and has made to be more confident in Collision's ability to succeed long term. And Saturday nights are a tough night to draw a big viewership compared to Wednesdays. WWE SmackDown on Fox has made Fridays work, and AEW can build a reputation for a Collision that can earn viewers loyalty on a night they may otherwise have skipped staying to watch wrestling. And AEW cannot deliver matches and quality of FTR versus Juice and Jay every week. They need to do a better job setting up the following week's shows on every episode. But so far, I can highly recommend Collision. It isn't just a new version of a watered-down Dynamite of a two-hour uh, version of Rampage. The deliberate attempt successful aesthetically so far to differentiate Dynamite and Collision and it gets his endorsement so the question becomes for you sin city steve does it get your endorsement without question um i think that this was exactly what aew needed um it it almost feels like dynamite is more of a crash tv kind of a product and especially with the presence of collision that is even more apparent um you've got 
you know, you're, on Dynamite on Wednesdays, you're going boom, 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 boom from segment to segment to segment. Nothing really has time to 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 marinate, to allow it to sink in. And I think that that's something that, quite frankly, has been lacking from their programming. Um, also, the uh, the it, let's call it what it is. Collision feels more like a pro wrestling show in the classic sense of it. Um, they, you know, as this article mentioned, you know, even from the the style of promos from the cold open at the very top of the show, um, you've got everybody that's going to be featured on the show in a prominent role cutting some sort of a promo. So even if somebody's never watched the show before, now they're going to be able to identify with those characters right out of the gate. Like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, I remember that guy or that girl cut that promo at the start of the show. So now I've got more of a brand tie in with them. So yeah. it all starts at the top and they're doing things right. They're allowing things to marinate. They're allowing things to breathe. And this, yeah, it, you don't have to do crash TV on all of your shows. And this shows exactly that. Yeah. I mean, let me go right to you, uh, Matt Michaels. I mean, if, if, if what we're hearing is that it really showing that, that classic style of wrestling, I mean, you've watched a lot of different styles of wrestling over your time. Is it giving that to you as well? And do you think that that's something that is really needed to separate itself from their other shows? No, it's something that's needed to reformat Dynamite with Collision's fucking format and then make Collision your Saturday night show a fucking separate, you know, whatever show. Bring the fucking good shit to your main fucking show. I don't understand why this product has better production value all around than their main show. Mm. Uh, Steve's right. The Dynamite is a crash show, you know, booking show um, in the worst sense because it's like it just it just doesn't make any it doesn't make any sense week to week on what's going on and now with the separation and and like they were talking about with certain people separate it um you can absolutely um you know focus more on these storylines and characters mm-hmm. and the thing is is if you're going to do that for instance, the MJF and Adam Cole stuff does not fit onto Dynamite's format as if it would fit onto Collision's format. Mm-hmm. In Collision, it would look fucking amazing. It would be part of the show. That's what they should be shooting for is to have that kind of feel all around um, because, you know, it's it just, it's hard to watch Dynamite <laughs> without just kind of scratching your head sometimes and just go, well, why, <laughs> why, why, why? Um, collision, you're not necessarily asking why. It made total sense, you know, when you had a main event match with those six guys this week, um, even though I might not have been a fan of the match, I understood why the match was happening. Mm-hmm. That's as, that's all you really need in wrestling. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. 
And you might not like the match. You might not like the people. You might not like this or that. But if you understand why the match is happening, then they're doing their job. Right. Simon Street, I mean, we have uh, three different um, wrestling shows from WWE. And, and for the most part, they those are all separate shows. Um, now AEW, we now beginning to see the same thing here. Uh, do you believe that AEW is at least um, doing just as good as a job as WWE with, you know, making it interesting by separating the different shows and having the different uh, talent on those shows? Or do you still think there's maybe some more uh, work and improvement uh, having Collision on a Saturday? Well, I definitely think for right now what we're seeing is Saturday's working. Collision's working. It is what it is. Um, I think it's great that they have two different types of shows. Um, I look at it a little bit differently. You know, uh, don't get me wrong. Uh, numbers are important. Viewerships and one are very important. But I throw all that uh, number porn out the window. What I do look at is more of the demos. So the demos are 1835, 1849, usually. Right? Correct? Mm-hmm. But I also listen to other people. More people are of the 1835 believe it or not, uh, like Collision, where I had the opinion of Dynamite being more of a crash and thinking as more younger people want that fast-paced ADHD booking, just being honest, those seem to be the 18 to 49 demo. So I find that kind of interesting. That's just on my conversations within that demo, okay? Mm -hmm. That's not official. I'm not Dave Meltzer. Another point I will make, because you mentioned the WWE, right? AEW has something that's going to work, but I feel that WWE is setting precedent of what will be the new standard when you have three shows, or in AEW's two good shows. WWE is able to have, when we saw it this week with the Judgment Day, and even weeks prior, someone being on your one show, being able to mix in with uh, your NXT, and being able to also be on SmackDown every once in a while. Having people from your main roster on one show go to NXT for a little bit, camp out for a little bit. People are into that. People are starting to get into that. And we're seeing more of that maybe the possible standard. It goes to my final point. We all know why Punk FTR on Collision. And we know why the Elite are on Dynamite. I think of this when you have people in your family that don't fucking like each other. And you... Let's have Christmas dinner. Oh, but we can't invite Sin City Steve because, you know, he doesn't like freaking Matt Michaels. At some point, they're going to have to figure out what a big show. How the fuck can we make both fucking family members that don't like each other work? And I think that's where the big challenge is going to be for AE or Tony Khan. Right now, it's going great. He took a bad, he, he basically took some lemons and made some lemonade. But brother... It's only going to be a matter of time where you're going to have to figure some shit out for a pay-per-view where it needs to be all three shows. And I think that's going to be the testament of how this works, that the science project works out. That's the second mention of Big Show tonight. (laughs) (laughs) I think we're we're foreshadowing here a big comeback within the next couple weeks. Dude, if he comes back, man, I'm I'm going to be upset with you because you put it out there. Okay. Well, which show would he be on? Collision or Dynamite? Rampage. Rampage. Or he would just be stuck on Rampage. <laughs> Rampage. Rampage is like Isles of the Lost Toys at this point. Or the Misfit Toys. Isles of the Misfit Toys. 
All right, oh, yeah. let's get into uh, count two. All right, so this one is wrestling legend says he loved to do some consulting for WWE and AEW. This is from wrestlingnews.co. All right, so this is what it reads. It says that Kevin Sullivan's Tuesday with the Taskmaster podcast debuted this week on the adfreeshows.com. And on the debut episode, Kevin Sullivan was asked if he was ever asked to work for WWE as a consultant. And this is what he said. Quote, one time I did have a meeting with Johnny Ace and Stephanie in Fort Lauderdale, and, and I just built a gym. It was the biggest gym in Florida Keys, which isn't saying much because you can't have chain stores at the time down there. So I had a lot of money invest, invested in it. They got me to come up and talk to them. At first, I was going to go uh, to Monday night and Tuesday, and I could fly home Wednesday. Then as the meeting kept on going, it got me deeper and deeper going home on Thursday. Or if it was a pay-per-view, I would stay the whole week. At the time, it just didn't work out for me or them because I couldn't afford. At that time, I had over, I had bought a piece of property. I knocked the building down. I had to pull up gas tanks, which cost me a bunch of money. I had to use my own money to buy equipment and build, and build the building. And the equipment cost me $375,000 cash, and I got a discount on it. And I and then I had over a million bucks in the building, so I couldn't afford to pay attention to that. And quote. Now, when it was asked on if he would consider being a consultant for WWE or AEW today, this is what he said. Quote. Of course, because anybody that loves the business and sees what they're doing now, you have to stay relevant. It's like, I don't want to knock my compatriots, uh, but not all of the shows are sold out. They weren't all hanging from the rafters and everything involves. I mean, think about this. Again, I'm repeating myself, but that bloodline, people who have gone in there and are there, not only did they make the bloodline, they made everybody around them. Sami Zayn took 20 giant steps when he was involved with them. I really like watching him, how he moved his hands, his facial expressions. That time he said he's not feeling very oozy. They were biting lips, uh, not, not to laugh. He got raised. Kevin Owens, who I think is a fabulous performer, he got raised. You got Cody on the wings waiting. You got Seth. You got McIntyre. He got these guys that have been raised. You, you know when the tie comes in, and the raises all boats. That's what they've done. Well, when we were doing the NWO, we were slaughtering baby faces, and they were coming up to me saying, you know, I think they're really from New York. So I would love to do some consulting. Matt Michaels is interesting. Um, it seems like in the uh, in the first uh paragraph there he was he was definitely busy and on the second paragraph man he's ready to get back to work <laughs> what's your take man <laughs> my take is the gym wasn't successful ah <laughs> yeah. if it was successful he'd be he'd be like hey you know i got this going on yeah um no i think it's very interesting um that kevin sullivan hasn't been utilized over the years yeah. Um, now, could it be that he killed Chris Benoit and uh, woman? I don't know. Maybe. Oh boy. But uh, you know that the uh, dark. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. Listen, go go on go on the dark webs 
and there are various stories out there i'll tell you oh boy but uh you know he's someone who is um one of the most uh sought after creative minds of his generation and the question is is his line of thinking about wrestling relevant to today's products uh you know as um you know as it was back especially in the 80s so um if he was to be called on as a consultant and john makes a great point here maybe we would get the dungeon of doom brought back with the yete so um but that's the question right if he if he was to consult what does he have to offer now it's very interesting that kevin sullivan kind of faded now granted he he's been great with uh you know helping out independent wrestlers and and being a very good knowledgeable person for people to approach and talk with right he's he's great but dusty Rhodes went on to basically form nxt right um it's just an interesting comparison to what the mindset can have you know have in 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 a guy like dusty who just saw things so differently that he was able to kind of move with the business i don't know if kevin can actually claim to be as hip to the business right now um i think he can tell a young wrestler how to do it well but can he create product right now that would keep people interested and as we're talking about people hating vince mcmahon in his booking would kevin be any better hmm. well sorry mystery that's actually a, a good question i mean i mean kevin coming up from the uh you know, from the old school, you know, would would he be able to have the mindset to, to at least keep up with um, the minds today? What, what was your take when you kind of read about, uh, you know, his idea of consulting for either company? Uh, you know what? I'm all for anybody wanting to uh, expand their craft and try to get back in it. Just don't shit in my corner. And I'm not saying that Kevin Sutherland would shit in my cornflakes, but I know Vince McMahon shit in my cornflakes quite a few times. Um, and right now, my bowl of cornflakes is nice. Okay, it has just the right amount of water in it. It's great. Yeah, man. No, no. I'm just saying it's nice. So I don't want nobody messing with my WWE cornflakes. So um, do you do you have your cornflakes in like the cocoa puff water? <laughs> is that what shitty cornflakes looks like? If Vince McMahon make my bowl of cornflakes like you did in the past it might be a little shitty but i digress to answer your question i would say that um i actually am uh, a, a fan back in wcw i've talked about it before in shows some of the some of the coolest freaking off the wall matches involve him um you know him and chris Benoit going all over the freaking arena in bathrooms and shit. i remember that like it was yesterday um i think that try it out he can't do no worse, y'all. You know what I'm saying? He he can't he can't do no worse. Just don't shit in my cornflakes. That's all I'm saying. Hopefully, don't come back and uh, make make me go missing 
apparently, considering the dark webs. But I, I, I think it's good. I think it's good that, that he does. He does have a lot of experience. I think we are going to start seeing a little bit of the old influence with a lot of the newer generation in this business. Um, I don't know how it's going to play out. Or, you know, you see what I'm saying? But I have a feeling that there's there's something missing with the younger wrestlers. There's just something. And the only reason why I said that is because, okay, we talk about, um, you know, uh, we'll talk about the next topic with LA Knight, and I'll discuss it there too. But the reason why people kind of are tying into an LA Knight is because he, he has that sense of an older wrestler in some ways, right? Not that he's just biting off other people. There's other couple of younger wrestlers that when I see them, I would like to see them have some of that depth that some of the older wrestler personas had. And maybe that's something that Mr. Sullivan can help with. I mean, I don't know. That's just the way I, when I read it, I was like, okay, where could this go? I got you. Let me ask you, uh, Sin City Steve, I mean, what was your take? Do you think uh, a a person who that, that definitely had that mind back then can, can, can really uh, be a part of, uh, the culture now in pro wrestling. And I mean, as a fan of AEW, would you say, Hey, which we'll be glad to take him in or, you know what? That's just, this is, it's, it's old school. I don't think he'll be able to fit. I mean, what's your take in this? I mean, my thing is this, I don't, I wouldn't have a problem with Kevin Sullivan coming in as a creative consultant. Just don't give him the, the entire book. You mm. know, mm. I, I, I wouldn't mind if he was just that a consultant that would be there. If, you know, if he had any kind of ideas, he could run them through Tony. And, you know, it. Yeah. in my opinion, if you take somebody that is established in the business, both not just in the ring, but also outside of the ring, I, I think that every single person has something to bring to the table. And we shouldn't, you know, shun really anybody that has had some success. Um, now, should we take them 100% of their word and let them have 100% creative control? No. But I think that there is that siphon that needs to exist, uh, that funnel, if you will. And yeah, it. I would be okay with it. Um, you can say what you will about the Yete, which, uh, yeah, the Dungeon of Doom, I get it. But, you know, he also did a good amount of other stuff uh, in numerous other territories um, in the creative capacity as well. Yeah. So I wouldn't hate on it. Yeah. That's not hate, man. Everyone is welcome, especially if you've, uh, you know, you're showing your worth back yeah. in the day, you know, come on in. Come on in. All right. Here's count three. Three. All right. L.A. Knight is ready for the Stone Cold-like rub amid WWE rumors. This is from BleacherReport.com. It reads that there isn't much WWE can do to savage the fading lightning in the bottle that is L.A. Knight if it is truly doesn't want him in a feud with Seth Rollins or Roman Reigns at the very top of the company. But getting him involved with Stone Cold Steve Austin somehow might be one of the only exceptions. Now, some recent rumblings have at least made it sound like this is a possibility because according to uh, BWE, uh, Randall Ortman of K-Side Seats, there is one superstar who could get a big Stone Cold Steve Austin rub in the near future. And that wording sure suggests it could be a different vibe 
Then when Kevin Owens linked up with Austin for a feud that culminated in a match that at WrestleMania 38. Now, Owens got a rub, per se, by getting to work with Austin. Sure, that was was one more WWE throwing a proven veteran is trusted into the ring with Austin to make sure things went sort went well sort of scenario. Now, Knight could certainly use that help as odd as it might seem to say after describing him as a lightning in the bottle, but WWE fumbled it and the whole bottle could shatter soon if the company doesn't figure out a way to catch it. Now, after all, WWE missed a layup at Money at the Bank, handing the briefcase to Damian Priest, almost predicti- predictably, that has resulted in a mid-level storyline where he flirted around the idea of feuding within his own stable against Finn Balor as opposed to seeming like a serious threat or long-term option. And at least night swinging in the wind without a feud, which is a momentum killer of mass, massive proportions. Yes, he came out of a feud with Bray Wyatt somehow looking better than he entered it, but the best option right now seems to be Austin Theory and the U.S. title. That's, that's not going to cut it. As it stands right now, Knight is almost in danger of missing the SummerSlam card. The Triple H-led creative likes its shorter, more important cards, especially for big events. The summer biggest event already has Bloodline, Cody Rhodes, Brock Lesnar, Logan Paul, Ricochet, Gunther, Drew McIntyre, Edge in the match, Trish Stratus, Becky Lynch, Ronda Rousey, Shayna Baszler, Oscar in the match, Rhea Ripley in the title match, etc. Now, Knight is getting to brush shoulders with Stone Cold, though, would certainly mark the card no matter what. And SummerSlam is the only place to do it that makes sense, given the size of the audience. Maybe it's fitting, really, that a guy who sounds like a modernized version of Stone Cold in his own right and a former outsider is the one to come in and dis- disrupt all the plans by getting organically over the crowds in a way we just haven't seen since Daniel Bryan and Kofi Kingston. Just listen to those uh, these reactions. Oh, yeah. Just remember those reactions. Now, even if it's not an actual match with Stone Cold, a mere war of words could be the rocket strapped to Knight's back that all inv- involved need to keep this momentum going. That said, a match would make a ton of sense. Austin wasn't on the WrestleMania 39 card, and it feels like he's due. Knight is one of a handful of veterans we could pluck off a life list as safe to work with Stone Cold, given he's 40 years old and a long-time veteran in the international scale. But match or not, Exposing Knight to a bigger casual audience really has a chance to reel in lapsed viewers. If we think about fans who stepped away from WWE over the years, it's probably folks who grew up in the Attitude Era who aren't as interested in the modern vibe. Knight is a throwback in the best possible sense of the word. And if he's standing in his own verbal spat with Austin, which he would, it would be impossible to ignore even if he's seeing the clips of it on social media after the fact. So included to conclude, it says that there are, are there are many other candidates who fit this rumored role. If we're looking at it through the lens up and coming up, WWE wants to elevate, especially in front of the more casual crowds or even lapsed fans at the event at SummerSlam. And Gunther doesn't really need any help anymore as his dominant intercontinental title reign continues. Austin Theory appears to be stuck forever in, in neutral and Austin can't change it. Dominic Mysterio would make some sense in a lot of reasons, but he's doing just fine as one of the most despised heels in pro wrestling with Judgment Day. And Montez Ford needs a good heel turn for it's a long storyline. And that leaves Knight, who feels like he's uh, he has enough momentum right now to, to really disrupt WWE in a positive way at the very top. He should probably be in a feud with Rollins for the World Heavyweight title right now, but it's 
just as easy to see that taking a prominent slotting at WrestleMania 40. Heck, it's even realistic to think that Knight could take the eventual roles, roads role in a feud with Reigns for the unified titles if WWE wants to again go outside the family-based storyline with an outsider who comes in and take them down. But if you hope if to drag out Knight's stunning overnight overness with fans right now, Austin is one of the only viable options to keep it going at this level. In a way, it could only elevate him further and bring more eyeballs to his run to giving him more momentum exiting SummerSlam as everyone starts spitballing ideas for next Mania. And this feels obvious as Money in the Bank finished that WWE botched, so Knight's longevity as an unstoppable force with fans, my hands on the company being able to get him in the ring with Austin this summer. Now, Simon Street, uh, you, you, you believe that uh, Knight needs to be uh, tagged up with or doing something with Austin uh, to get him some relevancy coming for SummerSlam? Um, I don't think that's the only option, but it's an, still an option. Um, the reason why I presented this article is because uh, I remember I was sitting on the pot two weeks ago and read this article, and the end had me literally dying on the toilet. Chris Rowland had a prayer to Father God up above for his what he wants, and it just was moving. And I wanted to see uh, what you guys thought of it. But really, in all seriousness, LA Knight is somebody, and John did say it in the chat, um, he's somebody that is organically made by here. And even though this article says, like, we got to figure out what to do for LA Knight for his sake, no. Business-wise, you want to use as much of the pop as we got with L.A. Knight. And there was one part of this article that I did find to be true. You want to be able to put him in a good spot and utilize that pop as much as you can to whatever it's going to be. And some of what was said in the article is the truth, okay? And this came out with July 15th. We already know uh, he's not part of the United States uh, tournament, right? Or, you know, he didn't make it, as we just found out. So that's out of the question. A lot of other things are going on that L.A. Knight just can't fit into right now and just shift everything's not. As I've stated before, Triple H did say if you are patient, you can wait. John also mentioned that in the chat. Uh, I think that it could help if, and not so much him, keep it to where he's still, you still get the pop, right? You're still having people chant, yeah. You can still have him do segments, Right. And you keep something current until something opens up. You get what I'm saying? I wouldn't put him in too many crazy high-stake matches because, you know, what if he gets hurt? Now we got to shelf that. Do you see what I'm saying? Even just in the last two weeks, he's come out and cut little side promos, and they were very entertaining, right? So at the end of the day, utilize the pop that you have organically because right now, I mean, the only thing that I've seen in the past, what, 10 years that was organically made was the Yes Movement. It was just something out of nowhere. It just started picking up. WWE was smart enough to pick it up, whether it was Vince, Triple H, or God up above. I'm stating that LA Knight needs something to do. Why are you getting that pop? Because as John mentioned again on the on the chat, he said he was in Portland, and he was saying that there was tons of yes over woos and anything else. Utilize that shit. What do y'all think? 
Let me let me ask the question here, uh, Simon Street. But thank you, I appreciate that. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm taking your job. My apologies. It's all good. Let me go over to you, um, Sin City. Uh, listen, I know we've talked about um, L.A. Knight several times uh, on the show, and and listen, it's no doubt that the man is hot and on fire right now. But um, I don't know. I guess everybody in their mind feels like that because he's hot right now, that a move has to be made now. We've got to do something. Whatever our plans are, we might need to think about changing something, moving something. I don't know. But we got to get him while he's hot. And the question I'm asking you, since it is, do you believe uh, that that should be happening so quick? You know, are things going to a point where if we don't get this guy on the car, it may, you know, by the time we get to SummerSlam, no one cares about him anymore. I mean, would you buy into that? I mean, yeah, there are, def sev there are definitely several different routes that you could go. Um, he doesn't have to be propelled into, you know, a title feud or anything like that. The Austin feud would be great. Um, honestly, one thing that you could even do is if you wanted to give him a high-profile um, role at SummerSlam, let him be the host for SummerSlam. Why not? Let him do that. And then obviously you're going to have the crowd eating out of his hand the entire time. Who's to say that you don't have somebody come out and, you know, start some shit with him, thus building into a feud. Um, it, there are so many different routes that they could go with this guy. Unfortunately, WWE doesn't exactly have the greatest track record in going with organically created and organically grown people, people that have gone out and, you know, Zack Ryder is a great case in point. Um, he's somebody that he was over, but then he started his YouTube series, you know, a decade before anybody else had a YouTube channel in the pro wrestling industry. He was fucking over uh -huh. and he really never saw a push that, that materialized. Yes. He held a title for, I think a day. Mm -hmm. Um, but realistically something that, you know, I don't want them to miss the boat on LA night. Um, another one, quite frankly, is Rusev, uh, someone that they, you know, the Rusev day got over dramatically and shows got even hijacked at some points, um, with those chants. So yeah, both of those guys, it didn't exactly end up well for them. I really don't want them to to miss the boat on LA night. One thing that a lot of people aren't mentioning is he's not exactly, uh, you know, extremely young. Uh, he's been in the business for a while. He's got an amazing look, but you know, he doesn't have a long shelf life. So if they're going to make money with this guy, then they need to get it done relatively quickly. And quite frankly, he is somebody that you could make a lot of money with. Mm -hmm. It's just a matter of flipping the switch. You know, Matt Michaels, I mean, look, Sin City Steve says, look, man, the WWE does not have a track record, you know, organically when this type of things happen, they, they lose the ball. But the question, and, and I'll let you respond to that, but the question becomes, we know WWE does a lot of long-term planning. I mean, I'm sure they know how far out this bloodline will go and how it may end. They, they, it's, I'm pretty sure it's got a nice set record. I say that to say, at what point do you go – as much as we have these plans and we're in long-term booking that we're now just going to cut something short to, to put um, 
um, to put L.A. Knight in so that we can get him in while he's hot. It just seems like that if I was thinking, listen, WWE hears it. He hears They hear the fans. They hear everything. And they're going to eventually work it in. But in terms of dropping everything to just insert him in now, doesn't seem like that would make a lot of sense. But what's your take on it? What do you think about this? Well, I think we just point to when Sami Zayn won the world title off of Roman Reigns in uh, Montreal. <laughs> what the fuck? People, <laughs> you, you people are fucking stupid. That's all I have to say. You're idiots. <laughs> that's that's it. He's, he's going to get his matches. He's going to get his push, whatever it is. But shut the fuck up. <laughs> just enjoy what they're fucking doing. And eventually it will get to a point. Um, you know, you bring up guys like Ryder. Ryder, I mean, he wasn't over in WWE. He was over to a small base of people who watched that web series. And that was it. Because if you look at where he went since, right, he's had to organically find his own audience base. That's not being over. That's getting yourself over right and you have to continuously do that and the thing is is that once you get yourself over you have to be in the level in which the company can then continue to keep you at that level Ryder was never a guy who could stay at that level Rusoff is not a guy who could stay at the level right look the guy just got back on tv and already you just kind of go what are they doing with him? Because all you're doing is just kind of like, oh, he's a monster. But what are you doing with them? You know, he was he was great at playing video games. So, you know, uh, another fucking Damien Sandow. Yeah, that guy. I mean, he got so over that he was the NWA champion a couple of years ago. Big fucking deal. Elias. Oh, oh God, Elias was so fucking over with the crowd. Where is he now? And where's his brother, by the way? We need his brother to come back. That's you know, the one thing the one thing I think that WWE has, and I think sometimes it's it's probably forgotten, is that when when they do their travel, when they do their when they go to different cities, they don't get back into you know repeating cities to maybe nine months to a year before they repeat until right. then every city wants to have the opportunity to just chant and cheer for that person and what i'm saying is this can go out for a while that everyone every time he comes out we could just go yeah yeah because we haven't had our opportunity in doing that now if you're going to hit chicago three times with doing the same gimmick you might be like oh, i'm a little done with that but for cities that don't get that like don't tell TK. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, you know, if, if that's the time, um, you know, but by, by the time you get to the repeating cities, now you're now getting to a point where he's probably more established of where you got. But this is just beginning to kick in like, a you know, a good couple of months ago. And they've only been in one small area of the country. So I think they have some time to to, to figure this out. But um, I mean, we'll but, see. But but not only that, let's let's face it. You just said the key. It's something the fans can chant. Yeah. 
How many fucking wrestlers have that? So I think, of course I think it's a little bit like more. It. I got to disagree with you on that. It, it, you, you make it seem like it's just one catchphrase. Yeah, okay. That's what they're saying in the crowd. But he's he, LA Knight's done a, a, a hell of a lot more with hold the push. Hold on, but, but John, John said it. There were yeah chants. In, it was prevalent in the crowd, right? What other chant right now is something that you can point to to go, oh, that's something the fans can do? They're just tons. They, they come up with anything. Tons? <laughs> tons? You can't wrestle. No, no, I'm not talking about Dom the Dom. I'm not Tommy. talking, about, I'm not talking about the fans coming up with the chant. I'm talking about Stone Cold coming up with the what? Daniel Bryan coming up with the yes. He's coming up with the yeah. Those are specific examples. What wrestlers are coming up to to those types of chants? There's well, they don't they don't do those chants. They 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 sing to songs. Seth Rollins, right? So that's that's the new that's the new chant. That's the new chant. But but think about that. That's the whole thing. The thing is, is that those guys are already over because. They already are established guys. But I think I think you're minimalizing LA Knight's impact to just his chant. Yeah. It's way bigger than that, man. Have you not been fucking paying attention? I I, so No, I have. And and where are his matches? Right? Well, they haven't come up. That's the whole purpose. He's over because he can talk. That is well, can I be honest with you then? Okay, you have a good point. How many wrestlers have great athletic ability but didn't fucking go nowhere because they couldn't fucking talk? Exactly. There's and tons. How many talkers can get over because they can talk and don't fucking have Paul Heyman. Only thing he right? knows how to do is choke back on a fucking super kick, and he's more over than when he touches a mic. We're, this is where we're getting with wrestling. You, you're the number one person all the time we talk about the shows: storytelling, make it convincing. Well, you got to have a fucking mouth to talk. Wrestling's no longer going to cut it. You just being athletic in the ring. It's not going to fucking t- cut it. I'm sorry. The shit is cut and dry. Castiglione is only as good as him fucking fuck pissing everybody off. I'm making him a point because he was somebody who's fucking talented, but couldn't fucking talk on the mic. Randy Orton had to get better with talking on the mic. Remember when he started to sound like a fucking robot? I just, I just think this whole thing. My whole, I, I think the whole point of the article and 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 I and 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 I'm, I'm not sure. I just that I agree with, with the idea of everyone believing that because he's hot now, we have to now right. make a change instantly. He's got to be in a match and uh, to go against Seth or Roman, or he's got to have this title, or he's got to, we got to put him somewhere him. now. I'm just saying. He's got to go with Austin. Austin, <laughs> it's fucking ridiculous. And and by the way, if he goes with Austin, you know, I mean, listen, I'm sure you know, I guess the writers could write something. I guess they're not on strike, but you know, it's very din- um, dangerous doing something with that as well because you know Austin is 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 loved, all right, and we don't want to kill what Austin could do to L.A. Knight. I mean, it could it could be written to be comedy or whatever, but at the same time, you don't want fans to be bored or like, why are they doing this? Or okay, it's nostalgia, but. We also got these other eight, ten matches we got to get through as well. So I'm just saying, do you, does he have to be pushed on there? I don't think he has to be well, pushed. Well, I, I agree with you. He doesn't have yeah. to be launched to the moon immediately, but I'm going to be honest with you right now. Okay, SummerSlam coming up. 
I guarantee, and I don't give, give a shit if I get hell from it, I'd rather watch a fucking L.A. Uh, night match with somebody versus a ricochet with fucking the little boy that makes uh, videos for 12-year-old girls. Because when they did their back and forth, fucking little boy, Logan Paul, could barely fucking uh, hold his own, man. Oh, he shut the fuck up. Oh, okay, okay. Okay, okay. get that prime out your mouth, boy. Get that prime out your mouth. Get that prime out your mouth. It's not FDA approved, man. No, no, Ricochet is, but the point is, I can guarantee you that will not be the number one match. That's got that, that match. That purpose for a ricochet match in Logan Paul is for spots. Am I not lying? It's just LA for Knight's fucking spots. not going to be your fucking number one match either. I'm saying more people would rather see an LA Knight fucking match. You no, know, more people would like to Person. go. Yeah. <laughs> That's that's actually the truth right there. People would have liked to see, and that's not Look, diminishing. That's not diminishing. La night. Right. No, no, I'm not saying. That. I know you're not, but but yeah. but Mr. Minimalist over there is is just minimizing like all Dude, he is. He's is a yeah. fucking FSW former heavyweight champion. Why would I be shitting on him based on his? I'm not saying shit. No, I'm talking about you he's, are minimalizing him to just I am catchphrase. Not, I'm yeah. not by any means minimalizing him. I'm minimizing the fact that the fans are fucking fickle idiots who fucking pick, oh, this guy is great. You know who he's more over? He's more over than Theory. He's more over than Theory. I'd rather see him as as U.S. champ than fucking Theory. Theory is as dry as a fucking bone. Yeah, but oh, you, wait. Also, you also need you can't have everyone fucking over, quote unquote. Well, it's not about us being over, but let's answer the question, Michaels. Is Theory more exciting as than LA Knight right now? Theory is a better heel and in a better position to oh, carry. He, he's such a great heel that we only just now saw his ass on fucking TV in a fucking match this Friday. That motherfucker's been off chilling and being brutish as shit like an old fucked up early 2000s vampire movie. He's fucking annoying. Let me ask you quickly, Sin City. What I know you've been sitting back taking it in. Do you do you kind of do you kind of see everybody's point or are you just kind of holding on to the idea of, of what you were saying from the beginning? I mean, you don't you don't have to give you don't have to give the guy the fucking world championship. Yeah. You don't have to put him in a program with Austin. Okay. What I'm saying is, yeah, give the guy a little bit of shine. Give the guy – I I thought that him taking the U.S. title was the absolute best thing for them to do. But obviously that's not necessarily the direction that they're going, at least not right well, now. Aren't they still trying to build up a theory right now? I mean, theory's not having gotten to the level of I would think they want him to be yet, but – and maybe at some point, if they're feeling he's not getting there, then yeah, let's make this switch truth, off. But. The truth is, Steve, here's here's a great question. Is the US title relevant for him? Or would something along the lines of him defeating Gunther that was him? that was something yeah, else I was gonna I, I, I would hundred percent let, let him be the one to end the, the Gunther title reign. Yeah. And that I mean basically a secondary shit. championship of some kind. Give him, you know, the visual of him carrying a championship belt and let him cut Mike Mike time as a champion. I, I even I, say go 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 ahead and have Finn take the belt off of Seth 
Oh, so yeah. That, so that you have the Judgment Day, right? Yep. And now you have a heel with the championship that you could have LA Knight go after that world championship and probably build it all the way to fucking WrestleMania for him to take it at WrestleMania. Well, that would be cute, but I agree with John. Theory is not on the level that Vince McMahon. He, basically, Vince McMahon made the mistake that he made with McIntyre when McIntyre was the chosen one. He ain't what ready yet. Put his ass back in the oven. Theory right now. Theory is not Why? ready. That's theory what... is not ready. But this isn't about theory. It's about fucking... I was responding to John's... Do you not see the same damn scream on there? Look, I do, I'm going to shut the fuck up. But, but do you I want to say one last thing, in fact. I John, like LA John, John right, you you right. take over, John, and and Simon will be just talking with you this whole fucking show. So, anyways, look, look, <laughs> look, Impact. I'm just worried that they're gonna miss an opportunity with LA Knight. We're gonna have mixed tag tag match, and we're gonna have Thea L and LA Knight as a mixed tag, so people can say hell yeah. <laughs> okay. There you go. <laughs> hey, just uh, we're gonna go. We're gonna get ready to end the show. And get, oh, hold on, let me make it official. There you go. All right. Um, just one little funny thing, and then I let you all say your your comments. You know, it's interesting how um, how women see other women at times, and it was funny. Um, Lisa, my wife, of course, we were watching Raw, and hopefully, if you guys, if you tape, you can go back and watch it, but. I guess Jackie is the new backstage interviewer. I forget her last name, but she's mm-hmm. the, and she's talking to Ricochet, and she's got these eyes that's kind of like, mm-hmm. I like you, Ricochet. Mm-hmm. So it was just funny hearing Lisa say, Boy, Samantha gonna be all up in your ass. <laughs> you know, is she really? And then when I went back to play, like, Oh, yeah, she do look, why she looking at him like that? Like, that ain't an interviewer eye. Right? That's a, I want you. <laughs> Funny shit, man. Shit He's only in it for the spots, though, because <laughs> Ricochet and the little boy, she ain't, she ain't got nothing for those. There two. you go, man. You got that prime in your mouth, man. You're going to make yourself sick, bro. You better wait till they prove that before you put that back in your body. <laughs> I love Oh, uh, yes, because everything that gets approved is healthy for you. Well, you, you ain't lying there. Ask all the people that take Tylenol growing up. Simon Street, man, what do you want to tell the good folks out there? Look, guys, thank you so much for hanging out with our crazy asses, man. We love it just as much as uh, fucking with each other on a regular basis, man. We look forward to it on Sunday, and we look forward to tuning in to y'all. Thank you so much, and uh, yeah, that's it. All right, good stuff. Uh, Sin City, Steve. Awesome. Thank you guys for hanging out with us. Thank you for liking, sharing, subscribing, doing all the stuff that you guys do. We appreciate each and every one of you. Also, a very special shout-out and thank you to all the brave men and women serving this country, whether you're doing it on lands foreign or domestic. Thank you for doing what you do so that we can do what we love to do. And last but not least, repsports.com, R-E-P-P-Sports.com. Go there for all your pre-workout, weight loss, and general energy needs. Again, that's repsports.com. Use promo code Vegas at checkout. Save yourself 15%. All right there. Matt Michaels. I think we should have a raffle to raffle off Steve's cue card for that. Because every single week it's the exact same delivery. It is. got to be a fucking cue card right there. You you memorize that? It's all memorized. <laughs> Look, guys, we all play a role every in, week, and Sin City has always been the intellectually sound one. <laughs> I just imagine some guy in fucking your apartment, like behind the <laughs> table <laughs> with a big cue card. <laughs> 
That's you know awesome. what the funny thing is? I want him to say that, and we put something different up there, and it's not rep sports. It's like right. OPP, don't touch other people's pussy, or something like that. And he's still saying it. it would be cool. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. That's funny. Good That's stuff. Awesome. Everybody, thanks for hanging out. We'll, we'll do this again next week. You want to join us live every Sunday, 8 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. We do two shows. Make sure you subscribe so when we go live, the notifications will let you know when you jump on. All right, we appreciate you. Thank you much. Y'all take care and happy wrestling. Vegas Bad Boys of Podcasting.